The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. All right. Welcome you to Porch Talk. We are in Birmingham, Alabama at the Firehouse. I got Eric Wallace here with me. And I first met Eric at the Blip Show in, uh, at Bo's place in uh, Tuscaloosa at Druid City Brewing. And I was excited about the work he has going on here. And I've been excited and been listening to uh, previous bands and works he's done in the past. So, Eric, it's good to have you on, brother. Man, thanks for, thanks for coming all this way. Yeah, man. So, uh, Birmingham born and raised? Yes. Yes, indeed. My, um, my parents, uh, my dad is from Bessemer, and my, my mom's from St. Louis originally, but um, they met and they lived in, in Southside when I was born, and then I um, went, ended up going to Homewood schools in mm-hmm. Birmingham Southern for college. Great, man. So, like, just throughout high school, uh, how old was you when you first got involved with music? How'd that start for you? Man, for me, it started... Pr- when I was um, when I was a young kid, I took piano lessons like most people do, mm-hmm. and it was not very much fun. Uh, <laughs> if my if my old piano teacher's listening to this by some chance, I'm sorry. <laughs> it wasn't you; it was me. Um, and I was really good at piano, but I uh, can't play a lick anymore because I just didn't want to practice. I just I, I wanted to, to play guitar. Yeah, and I was probably. 12 or 13 when my dad it's not sitting in here right now it's upstairs but when my my dad took me to get my first guitar and um i just sat there and taught myself how to do it it was the early internet days so couldn't really look up tabs Mm -hmm. uh it was all about just trying to play trying to figure out how to play sweet home alabama or whatever right and um and I'll never forget, I, I was probably 14 or 15 because I had to be dropped off, but um, I'll never forget that moment um, when I played like an ACDC song and my buddy Scott was keeping the beat to it mm-hmm. in his basement one day, just like, oh my God, that's that's the moment. Um, and you know, to, to tie it all into what, I'm, what I do with my life now, it's... Uh, facilitating other people being able to have that moment yeah 
Absolutely, dude. Like when I picked up uh, guitar, it was kind of the same thing. Is uh, my grandma took me to uh, DC Music in Columbus, and um, the guy he taught classical guitar lessons upstairs, and so he was helping me pick out a guitar. Yeah, I'm left-handed. Oh, so there and, was uh, one guitar for you to have. No, and he was like, I recommend you playing right-handed. He was like, How many friends you got play guitar? I was like, Two. He's like, Right-handed? Said, yeah. He's like, Why don't you learn right-handed? Then you don't always have to have yours with you. Did you? I did. Awesome. And so he was like, you got more dexterity in your left hand anyway. And it didn't mess with you. Mm. I have taught three kids how to play right-handed that are Mm left-handed. Same thing. But also, I mean, the other thing is one of the fun things about being a guitar player is walking into Highland Music, Mm -hmm. you know, killing an hour. And if you're a left-handed guitar player, you're completely robbed of that. That is true. So (laughs) I just teach them how to do it right-handed. Yeah. And it, I mean, I didn't have any science behind it other than that at first, but it's worked yeah. out. And just like you said, man, I'd go upstairs, and this went on for about two or three weeks, you know, meet once a week to do lessons, and it was classical training, and I was like, I want to throw up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I, I just wanted to rock. You know, I was into punk rock at the time, Offspring and all that, and I was like, I want to do what those guys are doing. YouTube and guitar, uh, Ultimate Guitar was coming out, so you yeah, could actually yeah, look right. up what people were doing. Uh-huh. And uh, I was like, well... I don't think I need this. And so it was the self-taught way, you know? Yeah. But, uh, like, moving on from there, um, coming out of high school, did you have any projects high school? Yeah. I mean, you know, they they all sucked. I think the first time I ever played in front of everybody was that we were, we were maybe in ninth grade at the, at the high school talent show mm-hmm. doing covers just like, stupid punk covers you know Mm -hmm. um and yeah i guess coming out of coming out of high school and going into college i I went to birmingham southern and that's when i really started trying to 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 form bands and get together and play at cave nine um which was such a you know birmingham without cave nine during that time in my life wouldn't have been it wouldn't have it would have been a totally different place. I think I saw a sticker on one of the doors around here of Cave Nine. Is that still around? Today? No. It, uh, in fact, a lot of the inspiration for me uh, when I bought this building, doing doing this and having a space where you could eventually ha- have shows, um, was Cave Nine closing. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think it was maybe two thousand. Eight, nine, something like that. Was, that. was that around like Bottle Tree and all that? It was before pre Bottle Tree. Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, you should, you could do a whole series with Aaron Hamilton <laughs> on, on Cave Nine shows. That might be a thing to do. Yes, it would, it would be a great thing to do. Yeah. Uh, so just, just moving on from there, what did it look like? Was Lee Baines coming into the picture or? Um, you know, I didn't start playing in that band. I, th- I think I played in that band from like 12 to. 18 something like that um before that i played in a band called wildcat revival that was a very very much just a um kind of like a just a a punk slash rock and roll experimental rock and roll Mm -hmm. band that we toured a lot um my my goal in college with music was to get in the van you know to make records is that what you were studying in birmingham southern 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And pretty much me, me and the rest of that band who I think we went through it at one point, there were, there were 14 different people who played in that band at one time because we would just tour any chance we got. And it was, it was me, my friend Nathan and, um, and basically whoever, whoever else would, yeah. would hang out with us for five weeks at a time. Um, and we, we drove our van until it, until it literally, literally caught fire and burned to the ground in uh yeah in poplarville mississippi that's where that happened Mm -hmm. but uh yeah you know and that was always my thing was just was tour 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 and um i known uh i had known lee from um being kids and so he was looking for a guitar player i joined that band for Mm -hmm. uh some some long years we we did a lot of a lot of touring. Those guys are still about, hopefully back back at it soon. Now that the pandemic is maybe coming to an end. Yeah, I'm just waiting to see what the Delta variant. Then they're already talking about a Ligma or oh, good. Lambda. Great. And I was like, yeah. Uh, hopefully, by the time people hear this, there will be another great um, plague to worry about. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, and and now I'm playing with. Uh, with Chris, Taylor Hollingsworth, Will Stewart, Wes McDonald, mm-hmm. and the Blips, that's really, that's been a lot of fun. Yeah, right when I heard about that project and I saw who was involved, I was like, God, uh, Birmingham just decided to make a super group. <laughs> Everybody says that. <laughs> I, I kind of feel like that, that's just, a, that's like a joke. But uh, yeah, man, it's, it's fun to play with all those guys because everybody just, you know, you walk in the room, you set up your... You set up your gear, and then it's like, all right, let's mm-hmm. let's let's get to work. And it, it's fun, it's efficient, and uh, I, I mean, we're, we're all having a blast doing it. So. Yeah. And just a little bit about how that came together was was that a uh, between Chris and uh, Will or? Yeah, Chris. I mean, Chris is this great sort of. Uh, he's this force that that like has. He's got this amazing way of gluing people together that need to be together doing something. And I think it was like Will, Will talking to Taylor or Chris talking to Will, Chris talking to Taylor, and then just a couple of text messages. And we were, you know, of course, Wes has a great studio that we can practice in. And that's right. Um, I think we were practicing. We might've rehearsed from like October 19 till January of 20. And we started making the record, Maybe at the beginning of February. Um, had the album release party. <laughs> yeah, had that great album release party on the day that uh, pandemic. <laughs> the pandemic happened. What a great time. Uh, so, yeah, man, it's, uh, it's, it's been fun. Yeah, and then had secret stages lined up. And yeah, all, all then the selfish drummer, <laughs> he just decided to break his arm. So yeah, that's uh, that cleared my calendar for today. Yeah. <laughs> well, man, let's uh, let's move. I know this uh, this building and uh, what you have going on here is a big part of your heart and a big part of your life now. And so, uh, tell me about uh, did the building come first, or did the idea of what's done here come first? Um, you know, the idea uh, has been constantly evolving, and hopefully, always will be. But. Um, I think some of the core things are still really intact from when I did move here, which was in 2009, uh, August of 2009. I 
there was nothing else in Avondale at the time. This was just kind of a random, uh, a random place to be. And I lived in an apartment on 40th Street at the time. I used to ride my bike around here. Um, and also at the time, I was working in restaurants, playing in bands, um, and teaching a lot of guitar lessons, which is something I had just started doing almost randomly in college. Uh, I worked at a restaurant, and I would get to know people who knew that I was a guitar player and just asked me to come and could I teach their son. And I didn't think I could, but once I started doing it, their friends would reach out, and it turned into this really fun thing that I was really good at, mm-hmm. um, but that I had literally put no thought into. You know, I was I was approaching it like exactly... At that at that time, I was maybe twenty one, twenty two, so I wasn't that far removed from being a complete beginner myself. And so I was able to kind of harness some of the things that really made me fall in love with guitar. Very few of those things being music theory related, mm-hmm. and I feel like I was able to teach in a way that was um, that was uh, probably a lot different than the way uh, most people might teach an instrument um and i had a lot of success doing it and fun and was able to and i'm still able to watch some really cool kids grow into really cool adults and see how music uh grows with them in their life and um that's been a really special thing for me so at the time in 2009 um a big part of having a space like this before you know before moving downtown was like a thing that people did, um, it was going to be cost efficient to live and work in the same space. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and that was the dream, have a place where bands could play where my band could practice. I could teach, and I could live. Um, and that's how it all started. Yeah. And so just a little bit about the mission statement to give folks an idea. So I, I toured around upstairs. Do you yeah. have these, private little rooms uh, set up up there for what one-on-one lessons and even some recording mm-hmm. then got a nice outside patio just to hang out yeah and then there are two spaces that are a little bit bigger where we can um full band set up so you can you can jump in and flip a switch and your band's practicing it's all soundproofed um and that's another great teaching tool you know when you're when you're able like i told you a minute ago when you're able to facilitate that moment where Mm -hmm. two young people are playing together, somebody's providing rhythm, somebody's providing melody. It's like, okay. It goes back to that ACDC. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I basically have done my best to build this space out to, to, to be a place where that can happen. And just, just from there now, like, I mean, you've got like, Will Stewart's involved. I think Taylor's done some lessons yeah. over here now. So, I mean... Like- yeah, we're getting everybody involved. And, again, you know, so much of my experience touring in my 20s and 30s um, was just, you know, all of your friends are basically doing the same thing, and everybody's busting it to wash dishes, 10 bar, up all night, whatever mm-hmm. you can so that you can fund your touring your records whatever and me you know i'm 
I'm making a sustainable living wage by playing guitar all week and having and not just making a sustainable wage, but uh, fulfilling myself as a human being. That's right. Um, so not only do I think um, musicians make the best teachers because they have a wealth of experience to draw from. I think that Birmingham is full of some of the most talented people. You mentioned Taylor and Will just being like mind blowingly good at what they do. Mm-hmm. Abby Anderson has started teaching some some drum lessons here, and my buddy Stuart Norman, who plays in a bunch of bands. Uh, everybody kind of has a little bit of a different pro- approach, a little bit of a different uh, uh, style and interest that they're into. So um, I really envision a place that's going to be diverse where anybody's interest can be served by somebody with a lot of talent and a lot of uh, common ground yeah and that's it man like uh you know when i'm describing birmingham and like thanks to the podcast and i've been able to sit down with a lot of musicians from birmingham and as i get to know more about the scene and i get to thinking i was like okay i'm almost done i've I've, I've talked to a dozen of them you know i gotta be getting no like yes this is literally like in my opinion, the mecca of Alabama when it comes to music. Well, let's not let too many people find out about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right <laughs> from Nashville is going to move down here. Yeah. But, uh, and it, it really happened when uh, Taylor Hollinsworth and Brad Armstrong, they came to Columbus, Mississippi and played at the Sunstroke House. And I was unfamiliar with both of them at the time. And I went to that show and I was like, okay, that's, that's really good. Well, let's be on that. That's great. Mm-hmm. And then you start coming over to Birmingham for shows and seeing just all the local talent. And it's like, ooh, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> and then I start trying to bring the podcast over here. And I was like, we got we to let people know what's going on. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, yeah. It, it is kind of – it's crazy because, you know, I'm from here. I don't have – I didn't you, – you, you have to learn the context. But, yeah, you can walk into Little Italy and oh. there will be seven people sitting there. And Taylor is up on a stage – just whipping ass on guitar yeah you know it's just, it's uh it's a cool it's a cool place yeah <laughs> and so just a little more about here is like let's just say a listener or viewer now is um they want to know hey i'd like to get my kid involved here how does that work as far yeah as- um so we again you asked about the mission statement earlier yeah, and yeah. i d- didn't even get there but um so two years ago, I used to live here, and I, I, I moved out. Um, my wife and I live just down the road and have a little dude who's now one year old as of yesterday. Oh, happy um, birthday. <laughs> happy birthday, Jesse. And um, s- the plan as that part of my life started was to fully dedicate my former living space to this mission. And... Uh, couldn't have done it without some really great people involved, but we put together a nonprofit. Might not could have done it without a pandemic happening either, because that was a lot of good time to um, to do background work. Because mm-hmm. if you when you when you go to start your nonprofit, you'll see that there's a lot of background work to do. Um, a bunch of great people um, behind me on the board. Uh, we built the nonprofit. We did a really successful fundraiser in december of 2020 we raised nearly sixty thousand dollars so we put it all to use building out that facility that you've seen upstairs and everything else is going to scholarships so our two big missions are providing quality music education 
and giving sustainable wage to working musicians like Will, Taylor, Abby, Stu, me, um, whoever else works here in the future. And the the other big thing is for me, when I was teaching here by myself, um, you couldn't ignore the fact that we are where we are and every single one of my students was white. Um, and that's uh that's like an accessibility barrier that i that i would really like to to see removed and as we've been able to fund some scholarships and become a true community center um reaching out to students in north avondale east avondale south avondale it's uh really really inspiring not only to see some kids get to learn how to play um that that may have situations where Having a guitar or having a drum to beat on was just not a possibility until they walked through the door. You know, for me, it was always, what do you want to do after school? You want to play baseball, soccer, guitar? Like, it, it's a possibility. You just got to practice it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really a, a new, a different level of inspiration for me to see kids coming, coming from places where that's not a a foregone conclusion of something that they can do pick up an instrument and say oh man i never thought i never thought i could do this Mm -hmm. and now i can so it's um that is something that's really important to me and everyone who's involved um the other thing that i that i've had a lot of fun observing is just with however you feel about the world that we live in kids see it in a much different way and um you know i look around sometimes at all my friends and we all kind of look the same and do the same stuff and Mm -hmm. eat the same food and you see two kids that sit in a room playing rock music together that are going home to two very different situations and make making a connection despite anything any other barrier that you that you might imagine as an adult is really cool and i think that growing up in a situation where you have a few of those even just a few of those experiences is going to shape you into a little bit more of an individual as you as you get older and that's for me at the end of the day when you talk about music education it's really not about mastery it's about your life in music and how how music shapes your life as you become an adult that doesn't mean that you're gonna get a graduate degree in a classical guitar it doesn't mean that you're gonna join guns and roses but you know you can probably relate when i say that i think about all of the most meaningful connections and relationships in my life and music has something to do with just about all of them that's it so that if, if we can do that here for 55 60 kids every year that's going to be pretty awesome that's going to be game changing i mean that'll that'll have a cultural impact uh on avondale yeah and i was saying and you you mentioned it earlier you know just uh sports and i played up to the time i was about 16 years old and then i quit about the time i started taking guitar seriously and then it it came like revelation is like friends that i grew up playing ball with why (laughs) <laughs> Why are you quitting? Right. Well, I don't think I'm that great. And I'm like, okay, we got the St. Louis Cardinals and Atlanta Braves at our practice watching JJ, but when it comes my senior year, they're not going to be <laughs> there to watch dog. me. Yeah, right. yeah. 
And I was like, that's just facts. But I was like, this music thing, and I'm starting to make friends who play music. And I yeah. was like, this is something that'll last. Because sure. not only that, it's, uh, and man, I've been playing out for over 10 years now. It's like, even the, the friends you make or the fans you have, it's like, it builds a whole world. Oh, yeah. And like you say, like the more time I've, I've got over a decade invested in music now, and just the relationships and uh, the most meaningful things, music was a big part of that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's something that anyone can do. I truly believe that. Mm-hmm. And um, some people just never try. You know, how many times do you talk to somebody, so, somebody your, your parents' age or older that's like, man, I wish I would have learned how to play something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, that's, that's the thing to me that, Let's let's get as many kids in here to just try this as we yeah. can. And even with adults, man, it's like, uh, man, I hear the old lie all the time. Well, when you get too old, you can't keep teach a dog a new trick. Well, <laughs> I don't think I agree with that. That's yeah. I mean, I, I've uh, I've had an eighty-five-year-old student before. He may, you know, he may not be he may not be playing at secret stages tonight, but he's yeah. he's having a good time. Yeah. With it. <laughs> That's just it. And, uh, I mean, I think about what Will's doing tonight since uh, Secret Stages. The guy he's playing with, that guy hasn't been make, playing music that long. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's he right. recently picked it up within the last decade. Yeah. So. Just do it. Yeah. Just do it. So what you want, go for it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not like you have to rely on your knees not giving out or whatever. That's another thing about it. It's a little bit easier <laughs> on the body. Yeah, much easier. <laughs> yeah, it's like when I hear kids complaining about their, you know, their sore fingertips. I'm like, come on. Yeah, it could be way worse. Could be way worse. <laughs> so, uh, about how long um, the nonprofit was established? Two years ago? Just last year. Just like, okay, pandemic. Yeah, in twenty twenty. And so, and then that really brought the funds into where you could really see the the vision coming to fruition. Right. And so, you also mentioned, uh, is this going to be a live venue as well? Yeah. Um, and we've been doing shows down here on on a very DIY basis for about mm-hmm. ten years now. There's a great community here called DIY Birmingham that um, is an excellent steward of the venue space that we have. And uh, once we get through the summer, we're gonna we're gonna start swinging that up again. Um, that's another really cool thing for for kids to be learning how to play in a space where while they're walking out with their guitar, they they're gonna see a band loading in. That's right. You know, so. Um, and it's it's been cool to see former students put bands together and come play here, you know. Um, so yeah, we we're just gonna keep on plugging away, being that little musical hub right here on Forty First Street. There you go. Yeah. And so, uh, well, just in Avondale in the areas, like um, once again, just going back to folks who may be interested or sure. maybe uh, to donate, or they may know somebody that possibly be a student like yeah uh, how do they get in touch um we have a website called it's firehousecac.org um there's a registration form sign up sheet there my phone number is on there um so reach out to us there there's a donate button to everything that you donate goes into that scholarship fund um again we do income-based lessons for anyone who lives in our service area mm-hmm. so that's that's what your donation goes to fund um and even if you don't live in our service area and you have a motivated kid between the ages of 9 and 18 is kind of our 
the range of kids that we're trying to serve and you want them to learn an instrument from a highly talented um musician right here in birmingham reach out to us and we'll we'll make it happen we're uh we're real excited about filling up that new space yeah and just back to your music so the blips y'all already have the second album near ready we're we're working on it we're working on it. we haven't started recording yet but I th- i'd say we have we have more than half the songs kind of in the tank bouncing around cool man and we work fast so yeah once that drummer's wrist heals, it'll be <laughs> we'll be churning it out. But yeah, you can get the first one. It's uh, it's available through Cornelius Chapel, and you can stream it um, without giving us a dime. So I'd recommend it. Yeah, might change your life. It it might not, but it but it <laughs> might <laughs> it might shape your life in some small way. <laughs> Well, dude, I like just with your music uh, right now is the blips. Have you got any other projects? Yeah, man, I'm working on I'm working on a couple things. Um, uh, I am like a C plus drummer, so I'm gonna fit in great. I'm I'm filling in uh, with my a couple of my best buddies have a band called Domo Mossel, Adam Stewart and Abby Stewart and Abby also are teachers here, and so I'm filling in on drums with them. Um, one of my older students who is an awesome musician, he's in college now, has a band called Post-Consumer Waste that's this like really cool punk band. I'm playing drums in that. Um, and we just, we just put an album together. Uh, and two of my um, best buddies from Wildcat Revival, we've started in the pandemic. Uh, just a bunch of songs that I've written. We've got a band coming together that... I will say no more about for the time being, but you know I've got a I've got a fairly active musical musical life moving got a lot right of irons now. In the fire, got right? a lot of irons in the fire. Then there's that dude at the house that keeps me keeps me pretty occupied playing guitar a lot too because he he doesn't want me to put it down. Yeah, so that's kind of cool. <laughs> what about just uh, life uh, for you during uh, 2020? I mean, it was pretty uh, fruitful. As far as like getting this yeah. established, uh, I mean, just like, what are some of the biggest takeaways from man not being um, able to tour? Yeah, I uh, I had very recently at, at the time of the pandemic coming to a close or putting my life to a close, I had already made the decision to quit touring, um, really to focus on my own life, focus on doing this. Um, and that pandemic happened, and it kind of couldn't have come at a better time for me. My wife was pregnant. Got to spend a whole lot of time at home with her. I got to spend a whole lot of time doing things that you can do from a computer, um, mm-hmm. business things. Uh, finished the, the Blips album in my closet, you know, doing singing background vocals and doing guitar overdubs at the house. Um, and yeah, you know, we were like five months into having a, having moved into a new house. So I had plenty to work on at home and, um, yeah, man, I, I talked to all my friends now that they were just like so morbidly depressed and, uh, I feel really bad for everyone who dealt like dealt, had to deal with it. Um, the way they did, and I mean, and are, are continuing to, but man, I, I couldn't have gotten any luckier. Yeah, it's kind of the same. It was a, uh, 
and I really hate to say it this way because, I mean, it didn't work that way for a lot of people, but it really was kind of a blessing in disguise for me as far as, like, the work I was personally working on and just having a little extra time to yeah. sit down and flesh everything out. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, like, with the pandemic, uh, bands and musicians, they weren't moving, so it was... Hey, you want to come talk on my microphone for a little while? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, and you can do this over the phone if you need to, mm-hmm. you know? And that's it. Um, yeah, it is. And I, I, I almost feels weird talking about the pandemic like it's in the past because I think we're about to have to uh, revisit some of all the, all the, the rules. But um, unfortunately, it's uh, – yeah, I, I, was, I was still able, able to teach, did a lot of Zoom lessons during that time. Mm-hmm and just had a lot of support from from all of my students and um again all the everyone on the board of the nonprofit we were just plugging away so cool man well um is there anything else to uh touch on man um yes i i will plug a really cool event that we're going to do in uh a couple of weeks 2 weeks from today august the 21st we're doing this block party where we're gonna um, we're gonna have a do some tours of the new space upstairs. Um, Three p.m. to nine p.m. There's gonna be a couple musical workshops followed by some just bands playing all day. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have some food trucks, Eugene's, and Ono Ice, um, and just a lot of great great music and food and hanging out all day. Gonna be outside, so. Hopefully it won't be too hot, but everybody's out there roaming around right now at secret stages in the heat, so we can handle it. That's right. Um, yeah, so that that's called the Firehouse Block Party. It's a cool way just to come stop by, see what we've been working on, check out some cool bands. Two of those bands that I was mentioning that I'm filling in with are, uh, are playing, so it'll be a busy day for me. Yeah. Um, another cool thing that we're doing... Uh, that's actually ending that morning is the series out on our mural that maybe you've seen. Um, we partnered with the civil rights Institute to mm-hmm. do this thing called who's on the wall where they put together a program once a month on each character who's in the mural and the final one on spider Martin, the legendary civil rights era photographer is that morning, the 21st, um, if you hit our website, again, firehousecac.org, you can grab tickets to any of those things. The block party is, of course, free to all of our students and all their families. Um, so, yeah, come on down, check it out. And even if you don't make it out to one of those things, just uh, check out what we're doing on the Internet. Swing by, stick your head in. Yeah, so you can follow and keep up uh, with the Firehouse on uh, the social medias, right? Yeah, right, at Firehouse Community on uh, Instagram and Facebook. Um, And if you you just search Firehouse CAC for Community Arts Center, then you'll you'll find us. Perfect, man. Yeah. Well, uh, anything else to plug before we walk it out? Jeez, I got nothing. Well, good, dude. Uh, Eric, thank you so much for uh, taking the time, man. Thank you. News and notes. Thank you so much for listening to Porch Talk. If you haven't done so already, I would ask that you would rate and review the show on whatever podcast app it is that you're listening to on and share it with your friend. You can support the vinyl uh, with the pressing company that I'm using. I do not know. They said three months to later because of COVID. They're shorthanded, and they really just can't give a deadline. So 
Store Frontier slash Porch Talk. If you want to get you a shirt, support the cause. Have some cool t-shirts, beer koozie. Uh, water koozies, uh, Coke koozies, whatever, whatever you want to drink. And um, we've got some different things. Store Frontier slash Porch Talk. You can help support the release of the vinyl. Alright, I'm going to get out of here with Gold Rush by The Blips. Peace out.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.